San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. Heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us on any device as the show airs. And we are free on iTunes if you search the title of the show. And, of course, all the podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm great, Joe. I'm back in San Diego. <laughs> you know, it was Hawaii, then San Jose. And I know you've traveled so much this year, <laughs> I can't even keep track anymore. And you just saw a, uh, a movie recently, right? Yeah, while I was traveling, I, well, you, you'll be very pleased to know that I finally saw The Big Short. Ah. I thought it was great. Wasn't it good? I yeah. think it should have won Best Picture or, or um, darn, well, it did get nominated. So It got nominated. I think anything gets nominated certainly is uh, capable of winning. So, But highly recommended. I also saw Zootopia, which I hi- also highly recommend. Really? Good. Cartoon. And, and it's kind of an animation? or Animation. It's oh. not really for kids. It's for yeah. adults. Oh, good. I'll have yeah. to check that out. Zootopia. It's really yeah. quite incredible. So, you know, we recently did a show on Rancho La Puerta, and we had Deborah Zayke in here, 94 years young. And uh, she invited me to lunch because she wanted to show me her museum down at Liberty Station, mm-hmm. the New Americans Museum. It's all about um, the immigrants to this country, of which uh, we are all descendants, mostly. I'd say 99% of Americans are, have roots somewhere else, right? That's correct. Well, actually, 100% when you think 100% about it. 100% when you think about it. The only Native Americans are the Native Americans, in, uh, in, in my estimation. But in any case, it's a very nice facility. I want to thank her for taking me to lunch at the lot in Liberty Station. If you haven't been there, that's a very cool new place. Uh, matter of fact, Liberty Station is getting uh, pretty well developed. So. And one of our other previous guests, Gene Locklear, his paintings were featured there. Yes, yes. So uh, anyway, get down there. They're going to have, actually, they're having a series this year uh, running through Ju- uh, July 31. It's called Community Voices, Present and Center, and it's uh, pretty powerful. They have families from uh, from very different different ethnic and racial groups, and um, uh, I highly recommend it. Leon Kim is even uh, featured down there. It's about diversity, which is the same theme mm-hmm. of the movie Zootopia. Mm-hmm. There you go. So anyway, uh, Richard, I don't know if you knew this, but back in the 80s, I helped found uh, the wellness community, which was a uh, cancer support. Yes, Joe, you've told me that about 20 times now. Well, I know. <laughs> well, this is the 21st. Okay. I use this as a segue into our VIP guest today because uh, in studio we have two of the founders of the Nice Guys, and they've been friends for 40 years. And uh, as, the, as life has its uh, you know, vagaries and you don't know which way, the, you know, what's coming around the corner next, they bonded together also to form a cancer support group. And um, they have formed the Informed Prostate Cancer Support Group up at the Sanford Burnham Prebys Medical Discovery Center. Boy, that name has changed uh, multiple of times. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, it is my honor to, uh, to introduce, uh, you, you probably, if you've been in San Diego any, any um, number of years, you've, you've seen his name in the, in the papers many times in the past. And uh, he's just been, these two guys, I tell you, as far as giving back and philanthropists and, and supporting uh, all kinds of great causes, but we have Ron Blair here. Ron, how are you tonight? Very good, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate the conversation we're having. Our pleasure. And then also your friend and, and buddy who's also accomplished in, in his field. We're going to go through both of your histories at, at the outset, but uh, Lyle LaRoche, Lyle, how are you? Good evening. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that Ron came with us. <laughs> Wonderful. 
Well, let, let's just start with Ron. Just go over your bio real quick. Born and raised, and uh, tell us some of your major, I mean, your accomplishments. I could spend, you know, half an hour, but if you want to give us the highlights of born and raised and schooled and, and uh, your little history in San Diego, what do you say? Well, I, I, I grew up in the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. Upon graduating from high school, went to work for a company in 1950, which was formed out of, out of the remnants of the war industry or the of the aircraft industry here in mm-hmm. San Diego, up in L.A. Mm-hmm. So spent 25 years with that company up in L.A. Mm-hmm. Finally ended up being president, actually. But I had an opportunity to come down to San Diego in 1976 uh, to, to pick up a company that was one of my suppliers and be an owner rather than a, uh, an employee. Mm-hmm. And it's been a fascinating time here for the last uh, 30 years, uh, 30, 35 years now, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, I was amazed coming to San Diego after being in L.A. for so long that when you came to San Diego, it was a big town, but it didn't know it. They thought it was a small town. You could talk to the mayor. You could talk to the chief of police. Right. Anybody you wanted. And I was fascinated the city and perfectly happy with the move. Yeah. Now, Jet Air Products, what did, that's what you founded here. Uh, what did, what, what did yes. they do? Jet Air uh, Jet Products was an, actually a uh, manufacturer of aircraft component parts. Mm. Primarily, they made flanges that go on the end of piping, and they made big segments that go around the nacelle. It's a little, it's a little niche product. Uh, it fit in, and, and we found out that uh, pretty well any aircraft, any commercial airplane that you fly on, you will have some of our parts on them. Mm-hmm. But we moved up from a little company of about 40 people in the beginning to about uh, 250, and I sold out to about 10 years ago to a British company. But it's still in business and doing fine, and I appreciated all the time I had here. Yeah. Well, you're very, very accomplished. You're still golfing and fishing, I see, right? And uh, you've been on the boards of... <laughs> A lot of organizations, right? I mean, right. Ton, tons. I mean, but chief among them probably is the Nice Guys, which uh, leads into our, our native San Diegan on the panel tonight, Lyle LaRoche. Lyle, um, why don't you tell us how you gentlemen met at the, at the, at the night? Well, tell you, I know you were born in, where'd you go to school here in San Diego? Did you go to? Strictly a local. I know, but did you go to like Mission Bay High? Where were you born? No, no, I was, I was born here in San Diego in a taxi on the way to the hotel, uh, hospital. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What hospital were you heading to? We were going to Mercy Hospital, okay. and uh, we didn't make it. Okay. So <laughs> I was born actually. Uh, Is that an extra fare? Uh, about, I think it was Monroe and Texas Street, oh something like that. Oh, my gosh. I pass by there all the time. There should be a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, I'm a local guy. Elementary school, Woodrow Wilson Junior High, Hoover High School, San Diego State College. Wow, there you go. So, um, well, I think I turned my mic off. There we go. Um, so uh, you got into the tuna industry, didn't you? Yes, I, I, it was a kind of fate, I guess. Uh, I didn't know it. I started out with IBM back in the 60s, mm-hmm. and then uh, I left IBM, and I uh, just kind of gravitated into the uh, the office supply business, and from there, I uh, got exposed to uh, some marine electronic equipment, mm-hmm. and that was the dawn of marine electronics for the tuna business in San Diego. So, I was able to participate in the tuna business electronics for uh, about fifty years. Wait, was yeah. that called Honor Marine? Yes, called okay. Honor Marine. I remember you guys. How do you like that? Wow. So, Small world. so now, as fate would have it, uh, you gentlemen were hanging out at a at a, uh, a lounge called Bull and Bear, or a restaurant downtown, and I guess that's where all the judges, lawyers, and bankers, developers, and the tuna guys hung out, right? So, um, and out of that became the nice guys, right? So, tell us how you guys met, and where was Bull and Bear? I remember the name vaguely. I'm not sure exactly. And what's there now? I didn't. 
Well, it's a, it's a, there's a bank building there now. It was kind of on the corner of 4th and E, right? Fourth and E, and it had parking a, in the a, back. Fourth and A, fourth and A, okay. Fourth and A. It was owned by the Alicio family, mm -hmm. so that uh, they had Mr. A's and the Bull and Bear downtown. Mm. So um, we, um, the business guys, used to go in there for lunch, starting about eleven thirty, <laughs> and the tuna guys would show up about twelve thirty and sit in the bar until oh. everybody else left, <laughs> so they we could go in and uh, be served properly. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ron happened to come in at one time when I was there with my buddy Darwin Dapper, Dapper Tire Company, mm -hmm. and he managed to stay with us for a while. And All I was there for is trying to get some tires. <laughs> 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 Anyways, it was nice meeting him there. He was yeah. new to the community at that time. So, so who, who uh, gave birth to the nice guys, and uh, what was their initial cause? There must have been something that said, hey, we ought to do something for somebody or something, right? Or is that how it initiated? Well, I was not part of that. It was already kind of formed by the time I stepped into the scene. I'd been in, in business for one, one year. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was started from a group of people who sprung off from the Leukemia Society. Gotcha. Uh, and the uh, famous case of Shad Green, a young, young uh, person that went to Mexico to get some special treatment that the uh, leukemia people didn't agree with. And mm -hmm. after a little bit of an argument, they said, can't we just get a group together to help somebody that has a need and some help? And that's how they got started with the nice guys. And, and I guess Jerry Klein, our friend in Jerry the Jerry Klein was there. Yeah, because I know his leukemia is a big cause for him. And probably Bill Collender was involved at the time. Bill was a little later than yeah, that. Yeah, he came in eventually. So. Think, right I here think from KMBC, you had John Lynch. He was one of the original founders. Okay. There. And you had... Uh, uh, Bob Dean. Well, Bob Dean wasn't with, uh, wasn't with uh, KMBC, though. No, no, he, he was... Right. He was a pa scrap Paul dealer. Palmer. Paul Palmer was part of the KBC. Oh, Paul Palmer, legendary here at KFM. We should get him on sometime, Richard, you know? Yeah, he's a legend around here. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we're coming up on our first little break here, aren't we, Justin? I want you to play us a little music, and we're coming back with Ron Blair and Lyle LaRoche talking about informed prostate cancer support. We'll get to that eventually. Hang on. Right, we are back with Ron Blair, Lila Roche. We're going to talk about their group, the Informed Prostate Cancer Support Group, which they started up at the Sanford Burnham Prebis Medical Discovery Center up there in Torrey Pines. Um, so, how did that come about? I guess it, it's around 2000, right? Um, right, Ron, or you guys uh, started, or was it even earlier? And I guess you guys both have had had or have prostate cancer. Is that correct? Or well, this is Lyle, and uh, Ron, fortunately for him, does not have prostate okay. cancer. Okay, all right. And uh, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer in the year 2000. Okay. And uh, was moderately aware of uh, a friend who's had a, a relative that had prostate cancer and had an orchiectomy. You'll have to look that up. But, okay. Uh, it was not a good deal. Mm-hmm. So I heard about this support group, and uh, so I went to one of the meetings. The first meeting I went to was held at uh, a, a church, a Lutheran church up in Allied Gardens. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a small group of men, and they had started out in a kitchen out in uh, Spring Valley. Mm -hmm. So so basically it was informed patients, I guess, coming together uh, for social support and also digging for the latest information uh, to, to help. Your that's, that's right. They they did their own research, mm -hmm. and they were able to stay up and and uh, stay on top of all the newest types of treatment mm -hmm. and diagnosis, mm. so that uh, they were really informed and 
far ahead of most doctors. In fact, we are still, which are still today, is the truth. But yeah. Lyle, the, the thing that's I think most people most recognizable by the layman with regard to prostate is PSA testing, right? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that. It's okay. um, there's some controversy about it. If, I know there was, it was in. Large, it was highly practiced back in the day. I, I don't think. Well, it's I was going to ask. You were diagnosed in 2000. Was it highly practiced back then? PSA well, originally the, the PSA test was um, was uh, founded by a Dr. Ablin down in uh, Florida, I believe, and he used that test in order to um, evaluate the success after having treatment, for example, surgery or radiation so that they could track to see if you were having recurring prostate cancer. So it was never used as a diagnosis to see if you had prostate cancer. But what happened as time went on was that the uh, medical community started using the PSA test as a, a screening tool. And that was never what it was meant to be. Hmm. So that... Um, because it's about a 50-50 shot, right, in terms of a predictor? Well, it's really not a good predictor. Right. The, the only thing it is is a, uh, a biomarker to see if, you're, if that does go up. If your PSA were to double in, say, in a year, if it even goes from a very low to a, from a 3 to a 6, for example, mm -hmm. or something like that, the, it's the, the time and the rate that it goes up that's critical, and that would give you an indication that maybe you should do some more testing. And so uh, historically, the testing that was done was a biopsy. So you would, you know, if your PSA went up a little bit, the doctor would send you to a urologist. They'd do a biopsy. Mm -hmm. A biopsy is very intrusive. Right. And uh, we call it poking hope. Right. Because they're just poking you and hoping they can find something. Mm -hmm. So that Did, uh, didn't Steve Jobs? Uh, there's some some schools of thought that they think maybe his biopsy and maybe Merv Griffin too. Um, maybe you help, you know, spread the the cancer by doing a biopsy, right? Well, there's, there's a whole uh, belief that if you, you insert a needle into a tumor and withdraw it, then you're pulling some of that cancerous tissue through the normal tissue, and you're leaving a needle trace. Right. And we can see that on imaging today. We can see the needle traces from mm. biopsies. Mm. Well, what's the best uh, test, uh, or what, what do you recommend today, in, in today's day? Uh, there must be technologies out there today that... Um, that weren't even around five, ten years ago, right? Well, the, the newest, best thing is called the multiparametric MRI. Mm. Now, MRI in the past weren't very valuable because you couldn't differentiate the tissue between normal tissue and cancerous tissue. But now using a multiparametric MRI, with or without a rectal probe, mm -hmm. um, they can determine how big it is, where it is, and if it, in fact, you do need a biopsy. So if you do this before you do the biopsy, you might not need a biopsy. Hmm. So that if you um, if then you if you see that you do maybe need a biopsy, you can do a targeted biopsy, mm -hmm. and the targeted biopsy is taken directly from the cancer tumor hmm. instead of poking and hoping. Hmm. You're you're taking a true biopsy, so you have a, a correct sample. But huh. isn't the use of PSA testing and biopsies still somewhat prevalent? Oh, it, it's terrible, but it is. Huh. I mean, it's the, the, the technology is so far ahead of the practice right. that it's, uh, it's very sad that uh, people are still having to go through that kind of uh, trauma. I mean, uh, you can, you can, a man can just imagine what they're doing to you. 
Well, uh, here's a couple of things. I, um, I saw some factoid once. It said 85% of all cancers are curable if you catch them early enough. Now, is that, would that be the case with, with prostate? And I, was al- I, was also, I also heard uh, all males, if we live long enough, we're all going to get some form of prostate cancer, too. So maybe you can address both well, of those. Both of those statements are true. We believe in early detection. But just because you detect the cancer doesn't mean you have to treat it. What we, what we now know is that we can find out that if you had prostate cancer, that it, it's something you can live with, that you don't have to do anything about it. And we call that active surveillance. Because it's a very slow-moving cancer. It's the slowest-growing cancer a man can have. Okay. It's like a mole on your back. I mean, so it could be. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, my, my late father was um, diagnosed with prostate cancer, and it was in an era when doing some form of surgery was, I guess you could say, sort of popular. Well, that was, there, that was the gold standard. Right. And when uh, the, the fact is that traditionally that the referral process for medicine was you go from your general practitioner, if he, your PSA goes up, he sends you to a urologist. Right. Well, the urologist is a trained surgeon. That's, that's what he was trained to do in medical school. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that's, that's what he did, and that's the only thing he did. But now we have a, a whole medical... Uh, history in oncology so that oncologists now can they have a bigger toolbox Mm -hmm. so that they can determine what kind of prostate cancer you have and now with uh, genomic testing we can determine that uh, what exactly kind of uh, prostate cancer you have and treat it specifically Mm -hmm. instead of using a a keep just try this and see if it works approach so there are Treatments today, and, and apparently there's a whole menu of options um, today. Could, could you say that, I guess you can't really cure it, but you can keep it controlled in a box and, and maybe not affecting your health uh, as you age. Is that basically it? Or Yes, I, I think they, I, I made up a list for the group, and I, I think there are 16 different ways that are accepted in order in, to treat prostate cancer. Mm. So uh, which of those is proper for you? So now if we have individual individualized uh, diagnosis using genomic testing, mm. then we know exactly what treatment or therapy would work for you. Which Richard talks about the personalized medicine uh, approach now. It's kind of a big breakthrough in medicine, and I guess that's what we're talking about here, right? Uh, trying to customize it for Well, the, well I think it the... represents a huge opportunity. I know in the case of my late father, I would argue that he was probably subjected to what I would call unnecessary treatment. You know. Yeah. or over-aggressive treatment, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, which I think was fairly prevalent. Well, the good news is today we have we have the Internet. We have gentlemen like these putting information out, and you're probably doing outreach to the general community, right? It's not just for your group. It's for every what, what you're finding is uh, useful to everybody with the, you know an aging male in the family uh, or all males in general, I would think. So and your website is IPCSG, Informed Patient Cancer Support Group dot org. And, uh, you know, we can talk more about you've got a lot of good content on that and your events and, and everything else. But uh, I'm, I'm sure you're you're adding all this information to your site as we as you meet uh, every, uh, monthly. Right. Yes, that's correct. We, we update our website every month. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, at, when we have our meetings on the third Saturday of every month mm-hmm. at the uh, Cancer Research Center, we videotape professionally all of our speakers and all of our meetings. And they are available either through our library or for purchase. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, people that call us and contact us from all over the world. And your your meetings are open to the public. Anybody who's interested can show up and uh, and, and participate or or listen. Right? 
That's exactly right. There's, okay. there's no charge. There's no registration required. It's not a religious-based uh, group. It's uh, not attached to any medical community. It's all about information. And we'll get more information from Ron Blair and Lyle LaRoche after these announcements. Hang on. We are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. A big thank you to our sponsors. We couldn't do the show without them. Of course, UBS with Michael Carancha and Drew Friedis. UBS, again, we could not do the show without them. So if you're looking for a great wealth advisory firm, UBS, our major sponsor, absolutely great company, great group of people on Mike and Drew's team. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We got two groups of them, Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, CPA. It's a great CFO service firm. And then our more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos, Paul Polito and Don Epic. Talking about making money, how about Joel Groshkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also Brenda Geiger with the Geiger Law Office. Brenda had a great event last week, a continuing education event, talking about estate planning and asset protection. In fact, one of our former guests, Richard Priest was a speaker at that event, Geiger Law Offices. California Republic Bank with Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott, a very specialized bank working with wealthy families and family offices. Our favorite employee benefits firm, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance with Neil Staley and others, a great employee benefits firm. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPAs, very best clients. They have a big CE event coming up at... Uh, middle of July at La Costa Resort, now known as the Omni. Also, Paul Hines, who heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul also is a catalyst in the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. And if you want to take advantage of low interest rates, we have a great mortgage broker with worldwide credit. That would be Nathan Watkins. Now, if listening to all of these great sponsors is making you hungry or thirsty, we've got some great sponsors there too, right, Joe? Absolutely. The Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Lirac. Uh, they're having their seventh annual uh, dinner next uh, on June 11th. We will be on site for that show, folks, like we have been interviewing so tons of guests really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have about eight guests uh, for that show. Foodies and chefs and all kinds of great people. While we farms. starve, I'm yes. just kidding. And then, of course, Lestat's Coffee House, last but not least, uh, about to open their third location on University Avenue, uh, open 24-7, 365, and uh, serving great coffee and munchies for uh, tons of t- Boy, I tell you, you can't get a seat in these places. So Always busy. Get there early. Anyway, back to Ron and Lyle. And um, we were going to talk about our good friend Benny Holman uh, during the break, uh, who, who had prostate cancer and succumbed to it a couple months ago. Why don't you tell us about his situation, uh, Lyle? Well, Benny and I grew up together. Um, he was a very famous musician, of course, yeah. in San Diego. Yeah, by the way, he headed up the, Ch- the San Diego Chargers band for all those years, I think since the 70s until he passed, right? At, uh, Your favorite correct. song, Joe, San Diego Supercharger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that was Benny. Uh-huh. But uh, tell us about uh, he, how he contacted you and his situation. Well, he was aware of what I was doing with uh, my support group. So he came to me, and he was worried about his PSA. And uh, that was about 10 years ago at least when mm-hmm. he was first um, knew about it. Mm-hmm. So he started researching, and he came to me, and he thought that he could cure his prostate cancer with diet and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so he... Um, 
he was an advocate of that, and his cancer subsequently got worse and worse, and it turned out that he was a high-risk patient. Mm -hmm. So that uh, he had he treated it differently, then I, I hate to say it, but he might have had a different result. Hmm. Now, what could he have done differently using um, radiation, or what? What's uh... no, in those in, in those days, and, and we still do. We use what's called the colored Doppler ultrasound, which is a, an advanced ultrasound, much like you would give an imaging when you're looking at a baby, for example, mm -hmm. before the baby's born. Mm -hmm. And so there's uh, practitioners of, the, of that kind of imaging, and I sent Benny up to him, uh, uh, Doctor Duke Bond. And, and Duke Bond told him that he thought that Benny should be doing something more, more serious about it. Mm -hmm. But Benny was convinced that he could do it with diet and nutrition. Yeah. And well, so uh, the disease progressed, and it got to the point where we, we finally started trying to treat it. It was kind of too late. Hmm. And so, I mean, people, you can die from prostate cancer. I mean, most people don't, especially if we can catch it at an early stage. Yeah. Because we can put it in its box and then it's not, you can live with it. Yeah, it's not an aggressive cancer like uh, some other pancreatic or uh, lung or some of these others. So, um, but uh, when we talk to Ron a bit about the organization itself, and you've become a bona fide five hundred one c three, and um, w at what point did you get involved with I, uh, the IPCSG group? Well, when Lyle called me on the phone and said we want to do a publicity issue and get some money into this organization, uh, I answered the call on it. Uh, actually, my father-in-law died from cancer, uh, from colon cancer, mm -hmm. from, from prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. He was first-generation Italian, and he didn't want to talk to doctors. They hidden secret. Well, by the time he called me in the back room and said uh, something's wrong, and showed me all the discoloration, everything, I said, "You're in trouble." And mm -hmm. it was. It was so so far gone that uh, and it lasted about 18 months after that. How, what age was he when he first 68. Told? See, that's did, a young man. Did they try any surgery or was it? Oh, it was too, too advanced. Too advanced, it's yeah. just yeah. ignorant yeah. of the whole thing, yeah. and which brings up the point that it's ignorance of what's going on that causes yeah. most of the problems. And Lyle's group are doing a job to inform people because there are a lot of options. I spent a lot of years in boards and hospitals, and I've seen a lot of this going on, but awareness is the big issue on it and that was my concern and my interest in it and um, do you think men with this macho attitude and they have a pain or something you know work through the pain i mean you hear things like jim henson of the muppets he had a simple infection but he just thought he'd work himself to you know without going to the getting medical attention and and you know we need you know at some point in time you need to know i need to see a doctor uh, yeah but a lot of men are stubborn like probably yeah. myself included. <laughs> well, oh i'm right just and you're cold i'll get over that yeah no, no problem but there are certain symptoms that are, that are widely publicized. And you know, if you go in the bathroom too often, there's a lot of factors getting up at three times a night. Mm -hmm. And that, that alarm, at the, P, the PSA testing is an alarm clock that tells you, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm one that says continue getting those testing, even though it's just an alarm clock, at least you get, get some, uh, some indication of something going on. So that's how I got involved with it. And I'm not really that active with it from the technical side, but I sure like to sponsor every, anybody comes to me, they have a problem, get a hold of Lyle and see what they can do about it. Yeah. Now, so Lyle, I want to ask your support groups. Are, are there a lot of men in there who've had, in your opinion, unnecessary treatment? Well, we take a survey uh, before every meeting starts. We have it. We just it's an ad hoc survey. People raise their hands, and, and just about everybody in there has failed hmm. some sort of treatment. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's sad to say, but we have... Um, uh, several people that have had every kind of treatment known to man, I think, hmm. and uh, and they still have problems. 
and and as you said, your father had uh, surgery, and if once you do surgery and they miss some of it, then you're in trouble for the rest of your life. Sure. Because sure. It, it then becomes metastatic, and it gets into your bones, it gets into your organs, and that's that's what kills you. Mm. It isn't prostate cancer, it's the metastatic part of it. Now, this new genomic uh, testing and the, the whole g- genome project, that, that must be impacting the treatment of prostate cancer, right? It's huge, because uh, before that, we didn't know what kind of prostate cancer you had. You know, they, just, they would just treat it one way. When they first started out, they would do surgery, and that was it. Mm. I mean, you might have had one of eight different kinds of prostate cancer, but they only treated it one way. And then, of course, radiation came along, and, and now I described we have 16 different ways. We've got chemotherapy and this cryoablation. Is that, what, freezing? Yes, it's, it's, it's freezing the prostate, and they, they, use a, uh, they started out by just using frozen rods, mm. which was very uh, well, barbaric, I guess you'd say. But now they, have, they mm. have all kinds. They use a template, and they, they still they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They go in through your rectum or through your... Uh, your other areas, and, mm. and uh, they, they put the, uh, they freeze it. Huh. And it's actually, it's been developed to the point now where it's, I think it's very effective. Huh. And they do that because of the imaging. They can do a multi-parametric MRI, as I described it, and then they can do the, the ultrasound while they're doing it in order to place the rods. Mm-hmm. So they can do it very accurately, and there is not much collateral damage. Huh. So you can retain your sex life, and you can... Uh, yeah. You know, they don't affect all the surrounding Continue organs. Continue to function. And hormone therapy is another one, right? Well, that's, that's a, a systemic treatment. That you're, you know, it's a, basically a, a, a drug medication. And uh, historically, they would, uh, they would give you an injection of Lupron, which would shut off your testosterone, or most of it. Mm-hmm. And then they would have uh, other drugs like Casidex, which would... Um, reduce the uh, ability of the cancer cells to ingest dihydrotestosterone. And, and so all of those things were hormonally ba- based to try to get rid of the hormone problem. Mm. And that's, that's much like breast cancer when they start, start doing hormonal therapy with estrogen. Yeah. And, and uh, with men, the, the fact is that the testosterone uh, converts to estrogen. And mm. so, and so it, I mean, it, it gets to be a lot more complicated than, than just the, the terminology. There you go. Anyway, we're coming up on another break here, but we'll come back with uh, Ron Blair and Lila Roche talking more about prostate cancer and their support group right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with Ron Blair and Lila Roche from the Informed Prostate Cancer Support Group, IPCSG.org. And I wanted to thank Patty Fuller, who was really the publicist. And they all met up at Sanford Burnham Prebis uh, several months ago. So thank you, Patty, for bringing this to our attention. Patty is in studio with us, by the she way. She is. <laughs> she just doesn't have a microphone. Yeah. But uh, the great thing is, uh, tell us about the fundraiser you had last year and how it all uh, developed more from there, uh, Lyle, and how well, Ron was involved. I mean, you, you don't hear much about prostate cancer fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like every week there's some, some women marching around with their husbands on Fiesta Island for breast cancer. Yeah, there's, yeah, the Which N- is a good thing, by N- the way. NFL but, wearing pink. But you're pink. right, there's a lot of it. Yeah, where's our walk for prostate well, cancer? Well, I, I, like I like the pink <laughs> baseball bats, Joe. We don't have to do 60 miles. Let's just do five miles. <laughs> well, a few years ago, 
I, I used to ride motorcycles before I, I got uh -huh. sick. But anyway, but so I, I put on a Harley Davidson ride because I thought that'd be a natural venue for guys. Uh -huh. And, and the first year it was it was pretty successful, and then the second year was in 2009 when the economy collapsed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't very successful, so hmm. I've been searching for ways to uh, to help fund all this work. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came up with the idea that would be unusual for a dinner cruise. Mm -hmm. And my friend Art Engel happens to own flagship dinner cruises. Oh, that's a great organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he was he was nice enough to loan me his boat. How about that? So uh, we we put that on last September, and we raised a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. So now we've been able to increase our advertising budget, and we're um, because of Patty's work, we're trying to market more towards uh, the wives of men with prostate cancer mm -hmm. because they seem to pay more attention. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and your next cruise is coming up this coming September, right? Um, September fifth, uh, yeah, September fifteenth, right? That's right. Yes, it's all on the website. Any other uh, events or uh, that they should know about other than the meetings, uh, or just get to the meeting and find out more, huh? Well, we are we're completely self-funded. We mm -hmm. we don't uh, we don't take any money from drug companies or medical institutions, and uh, so the uh, we pass the hat at our meetings every month. But uh, as I just said, we have a, an, an advertising campaign. We uh, advertise in the Union Tribune, so mm -hmm. almost all the money we spend goes to that. Yeah. Well, have you got any negative feedback from anybody in the insurance or medical community? Because I know the PSA testing is, well, I would argue that its prevalence has been profit-driven. And to the extent that people are speaking out against that, have you received any criticism for that? Well, it's it's a it's a great controversy. It goes on in the medical community all the time, and and because they uh, stopped doing PSA testing, they act, they stopped doing digital rectal exams, DREs, also. Sure. Hmm. So they, so that that was just followed along, and I know that uh, years ago I I tried going to corporate America to human resources, to try to get to have meetings within these large organizations, and the HR people are very aware of of the. Uh, the inefficiencies in the process, mm -hmm. and, they, and if they had their way, I mean, they're they're very happy about this decline in PSA testing, and it's been dramatic when yeah. when they announced that. I mean, they just stopped doing it. Well, you guys have gotten pretty big. I mean, you're about 600 members from all over San Diego County now, correct? Well, we actually we're we're all over the United States. Really? Yeah, we have uh, people that that. that Follow us online, mm -hmm. and we've been very fortunate in that uh, in 2009, I received the uh, Patient's Advocate of the uh, Award for the Patient's Advocacy in the United States from the Prostate Cancer Research Institute. Huh. So I re received that national award, and in 2014, my uh, partner, Gene Van Fleet, he also received that award. So in our neighborhood, it's a pretty prestigious thing. Yeah, I'll say. And uh, and it gives us some validity in our work, you know, that, that we're, we're not making this stuff up. Yeah. So you guys were the you were the founding chapter, though, here in San Diego. Is that correct? We're, we are at the moment. We're an independent. We're, we're not nationwide. We're yeah. just famous nationwide. Oh, I gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you're following, you obviously you get online online traffic, so, right? I mean, you've been following, you probably can analyze your data where people are content pinging your site all over the place, right? People compliment us on our website all the time. It's very thorough. And as I said, we uh, we video all of our uh, meetings, mm -hmm. and that's all available online. Perfect. Yeah, I see purchase DVDs and um, 
so you have have these going back uh, several years. So, so Lyle, by by what age should a man seriously start considering um, addressing this issue in terms of research, gaining more knowledge, and so on? Historically, it was about fifty, mm -hmm. and uh, but we know that there were studies done in Detroit. And they found incidence of prostate cancer in men as young as 20s, in their 20s. Huh. So that just indicates the slow growth of it. Yeah. So it, doesn't, it, it, it isn't something that just comes on you when you're 50. Right. Because of the PSA testing, now we have a biomarker. And so the 50 seemed to be the point where it seemed to be the most prevalent. So we still think you should do it at least once or once a year. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, that if your PSA goes up, don't go crazy. I mean, it, it's something that you can deal with, and you don't have to go rushing in and have a biopsy and, and get treatment for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually do mine once a year, but I started when I was 48. Well, it's get, it, you know, you're supposed to get several opinions if uh, something uh, really critical arises in your history. And I, and I guess family history counts for a lot, too, right? If you have a lot of cancer in your family background, uh, even if you're 40 years old, I mean, you may want to, right? It, 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 the, the theory is that it is generic, and it's in your genes, and we're, we're learning more about that. Yeah. There, there are tests that are available today that you can use. You can, some of them involve having a biopsy sample, a tissue sample. So you have to have the biopsy before you can get the genetic test done. But there are other, there's another test called 4K mm -hmm. that is a blood test. Mm. So that... Um, you can, you can determine these things now with imaging and testing so that you don't have to go and have immediate treatment. That's, yeah. that's what, what we're really trying to do. Our mission is to teach men to get, to get yourself settled in and get used to doing your own research, be your own case manager so that you know what your case is. I mean, you can't you can't trust the doctor to know everything about you. You know, I, I, Dr. Harold, Harold Benjamin had the same out um, same outlook on uh, with the wellness community when he started that. He said uh, patient active. You, you know, rather he didn't even like to use the term patient because a lot of patients are just uh, passive and and they'll do whatever the doctor says and not question anything. And uh, obviously, you guys are taking the more <laughs> active approach and. and you know, becoming informed, which not everybody is uh, naturally bent on doing, correct? No, I mean, it's, it's uh, especially for men. I mean, men generally, as Ron said, they, they want to suck it up and be tough and, right. and not complain. But, uh, and so that, of course, is part of our marketing effort is to women. Yeah. So that uh, if, uh, if you get, a P get your PSA test done starting at age 50, Richard, that's what I think was good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just do it once a year, and it, it, you know if you have to pay for it, I don't care. Yeah, and be informed, and come to these meetings, and meet Ron and uh, and Lyle. Ron, we we're in about a, about a minute or two to go here. We any final thoughts and uh, what you bring to the table? Obviously, your skills in in business and marketing and advertising and everything else. But uh, anything that you like to close with, or well, I just think it's very important that be, men become aware of what's going on. I think awareness is probably the number one issue. Uh, and the PSA testing is a trigger point. It doesn't mm -hmm. solve anything, but it says, hey, I better check this out. I get mine done every other year because mm -hmm. then I get my physicals done. Mm -hmm. But I know that if it jumps 50%, something's changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the main thing that the group comes about. And I have a lot of friends and the nice guys and the other places. I say, any time you think you have any kind of a problem, 
get a hold of this group because they give you the full picture, not the, just the doctor's picture, but both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing you can mm-hmm. do is to get out in the public. Are there any preventive things that we can do starting early on? Um, is diet and exercise a factor? I mean, I just saw the other day if uh, I'll obviously avoid smoking, uh, keep a healthy weight, uh, exercise, and um, you know, and have a healthy diet. I mean, those are just good general rules, but you could cut 40% of the cancers out with that, right? It's a, if it's heart-friendly or, or anything weight-friendly, I mean, Richard's a runner. <laughs> I mean, it, yep. anything you do. Diet, Take the stairs, not the elevator. Yeah. Anything that keeps your immune system functioning better is going to be keep your body working better. Wonderful. Thank you, Lyle LaRoche. Gentlemen, really appreciate it. Thank you, Ron Blair. Thank you, Richard. Great to see you. Their website is ipcsg.org. We'll have it all on our website, of course, at iowamoney.com, where all these podcasts are commercial-free. Thank you to Justin Hart on our board for making us sound great. Thanks to Patty Fuller also, by the way. Thanks to Craig Blank, our executive and our program genius here, Dave Sniff at KFMB. You have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.